You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Broadcasting from a hidden rebel fortress long forgotten since the days of the Clone Wars, Commanders Michael Cohen, Matthew Krenke, and their daring crew lead a rebel cell dedicated to bringing you stories of adventure and excitement from across the galaxy. Join them for tales of heroes from the dawn of the Resistance stretching back to the Old Republic. Tales of Jedi and Sith, Rebels and Imperials, technological terrors, and fantastic creatures. Legends so great, you won't believe them. But it's true. All of it. So what are you waiting for? Strap in and get ready to make the jump with Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast. Hello and welcome back to Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast for the Clone Wars episode, Dangerous Debt. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, and with me, as always, my faithful co-pilot, Matt the Crankster Cranky. Hey, what's going on, my Star Wars fans? Dangerous Debt, yeah, we're doing it today in an episode where um kind of started and finished in the same area, but a lot mm-hmm. of good, good character moments that I thought yeah. were developed in this episode and... Can't wait to talk about that in this time of just kind of sitting around at home and working from home, huh? Yeah, uh, yeah, Still. yeah. It's 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 a it's a weird time. I know that everybody is aware of that. Uh, we're living through a very weird spot in history, but uh, thankfully we've got Clone Wars. Thankfully, uh, there's also new Ducktales now. Uh, Ducktales season three just started on on Saturday. Um, so you know, like we've got we've got you know, there's Tiger King if you really are desperate. Um, if you're really desperate. Yeah, we got yeah. we got lots of great uh entertainment <laughs> at the moment to keep us uh, uh uh happy. But uh I you know, I I can't help but but look at uh at, at where things are heading right now. Um and uh, and obviously we're looking forward to after the Clone Wars. Uh, Star Wars Celebration is kind of the next thing on the radar um, in August, at the end of August. Mm. Now, where we're at right now, presently, this, there's no other news to talk about, so we're going to talk about a rumor. Uh, it's not really a rumor. It's just speculation on my part. Um, but where we're at right now is that technically Star Wars Celebration is still happening. Um, but I just kind of wanted to talk about the reality of the situation for a minute that that... I think it's highly unlikely that we're mm. going to be at a Star Wars celebration um, in August. I I do think that they'll postpone, and I think that they'll push it to another time. Um, that everything that they've got planned for this one, well, not everything, but a bunch of the things that they have planned for this one, that they'll hold off and and uh, get that all set for the next one. Um, mm. I maybe that'll be later this year, maybe in October or November. Um, uh, especially with no Star Wars movie coming out this this fall this winter, um, I think that that that's possible. Uh, but more than likely, I think what we're going to end up seeing is it getting pushed to March of next year. That's that's mm. my guess at the moment. Um, they did just basically change some of the the verbiage on the on the website to say like, hey, if it is canceled or postponed. Uh, you'll have a choice if you've got tickets. You can either get a refund um, or you can transfer your existing tickets to the next Star Wars celebration. Um, and I already talked to Crystal about it and was like, well, we got our tickets. Uh, I'm not going through that again. <laughs> mm. yeah. So yeah, just push those right. tickets to the next Star Wars celebration because we'll be there. Um, like we've already... that that. <laughs> To, to quote Han Solo, I already spent that money. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. like, yeah, getting the money back might it would be nice, and I'm sure that for some people that'll definitely. Um, I look, hey, the, here's the situation for for me, and I can only talk personally. Um, 
I'm working through all of this. My wife is still working through all of this. We're lucky that that I I'm I was already working from home some of the time. Um, because working in tech, it's as long as I've got my laptop, I'm good to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Crystal has has figured out with her clients and and her her uh, colleagues a way to work remotely with the kids that she works with. So like we're both just kind of it's not business as usual by any stretch of the imagination, but at least our our cash flow isn't isn't drying up as a result of all of this. Um, but uh, and I know Matt, you you are still working through <laughs> through all of this so oh, like yeah. i think for for us for our perspective it's like yeah well whatever you know like uh, uh we'll just gotta kind of weather the storm and hunker down for a little while i know that for some people right now um they don't know where their next check is coming from they don't know sure. how they're gonna pay uh, yeah. for rent or food and uh and so uh, in it's my opinion that the sooner they can make a decision on on celebration, the better for everybody. Because I think that there's some people who are probably thinking like, "Hey, I spent eight hundred dollars on tickets for my family. I'd actually rather have that eight hundred dollars back." Because mm-hmm. um, if 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 people are 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 like Crystal and I, it's like we budget for an event like this, and it's like, okay, we know this is how much money we're gonna spend um, on this trip. And it's kind of all of our, our all of our vacation budget is really going into this one big trip, wow. uh, with the intent of like going to Disneyland for a few days and then doing Star Wars Celebration and kind of doing it all right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sure that there are a lot of other people who are in that boat, and some of those people might be furloughed or, or or have just flat out lost their jobs in the midst of all of this. So if if it's gonna come down the pipe, which I think it it has to. Um, in the next couple of weeks sooner is better than later so that people can start figuring out what they're going to do. Um, and so that people can get that, that, that money back, um, Mm. and use it for the things that they might need it for right now. Um, cause yeah, like some people may have sunk their, uh, their, their, their yearly vacation budget into this. And that's the sort of thing that, um, in a time of crisis or, or in an emergency, it's like, okay, well, we'll just dip into our savings. We'll dip into our vacation fund, etc. But when it's tied up in tickets to an event that may or may not happen, um, it's kind of like, yeah, okay, can we just get a refund? So I don't know. I don't know if you, like, if you tried to contact them at the moment and said like, Hey, can I just get my money back? If they would, if they would do that. Um, I imagine that they're probably pretty agreeable at the moment because they, everybody kind of just has to be, but, um, but yeah, that's, I think that's the situation that we're in right now. And, and honestly, I don't think that life's going to go back to normal for a while and it won't be anytime soon. <clears throat> and can you imagine, uh, star Wars celebration is usually somewhere in the neighborhood of 30 to 40,000 people Oh yeah, in a convention center. Can mm-hmm. you imagine being in that environment right now? Like I can't, <laughs> Yeah. I can't fathom being in in the exhibition hall um with that that many people that that closely packed together. And we don't there's no there's no vaccine for this for for a while. Um for probably at least like another 16 or 17 months. Mm-hmm. Um and then even at that point once the vaccine is ready for distribution, it's a matter of Okay, well, they got to manufacture it. <laughs> you, you, this stuff doesn't happen overnight, yeah. um, and there's it's going to be there's going to be a, a a long process to make sure that everybody gets vaccinated. So um, now, obviously, as people get COVID nineteen and then recover from it, um, the the larger community gains some herd immunity there. But but I just don't like when we look at the models and the timelines. I just don't think that August is going to be soon enough for a lot of people to confidently say, yeah, I'll go to a convention with 40,000. That's the thing. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, If you've got small kids like I do, like that's a, that's a real risk that you're running. Um, Mm -hmm. And I, I, I don't know. I, I, it's, it's, it's tough. We were just talking about it before we started recording, you know, like, like at a certain point, everybody's kind of got to get back to work and, and uh, uh, in order for the economy to recover, um, which is 
also going to be a long road. It's not going to happen overnight. This is going to be as bad, if not worse than 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, like it's, we want everybody to get back to work as soon as possible, but at the same time, it's like, you know, yeah, just because in some areas it's starting to calm down a little bit doesn't mean that we're out of the woods, right? It just means that what we've been doing, sheltering in place, social distancing and self-isolation, um, it's like that it is working. It's, it, it, it is uh, it was the right call and for some communities probably should have happened sooner um yeah. i mean like can you imagine like new york is yeah, really hard hit. Yeah. and if they had started when california did it would probably be a lot uh more positive outlook at the moment because um, i think for you guys in california particularly in the bay area um like San Francisco was one of the first places to really start saying like, Hey, yeah, we're we under did. lockdown shelter yeah. in place, only go out for the essentials. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, it's a, the, the, the news comes out every day and, and it seems like it's, it's sort of constantly shifting and we're learning new stuff all the time. But, um, I don't, I think we said this a couple of weeks ago. It's, it's, I, uh, I, you know, you, you hope for the best, but you have to plan for the worst, right? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. that's kind of where you're at. And I think hoping for the best right now is is great, um, but don't mistake. <laughs> this is, a, this is a, a, a bit of a Star Wars lesson as well. It's like don't mistake optimism for positivity, right? Positivity is saying no matter what, it's going to be good, right? Mm-hmm. Like positivity is saying, even in the face of the worst thing, like, like find the, find the silver lining. And that's important as well. But, but optimism is a little bit more, uh, future thinking where you're kind of, uh, uh, thinking on the longer term of like, yeah, it's rough right now, but it's going to get better. Um, but I think that optimism Mm. has, has a little bit of realism in it that positivity doesn't where it's like, but like we have some work to do before we get there. Um, and optimism is important and more important than positivity right now. I think optimism and looking at it and saying, if we continue to, to make smart choices as, uh, as, as, uh, a society, as communities, um, and, uh, you know, uh, putting aside some of those things that we, want selfishly like i don't want star wars celebration to be canceled or postponed (laughs) um i like you guys i sure hope you know like i look forward to like we've missed the last couple because of um because uh because Kara was born and and not like just timing just did not work out for a variety of reasons um with this one like after the last celebration after last year in april i said to crystal like we're not missing another one mm-hmm. and they're going to do a star wars celebration next year i i let's just start planning for it now and we did and because we started planning for it it was like okay you know like even though crystal's been on maternity i'm on uh, part-time parental leave at the moment um you know, we've been planning for it and we've been budgeting and, and, and saving and all that sort of thing. So like, like I've been looking forward to this since 2015, basically since the second that we left California in 2015. (laughs) Um, and obviously getting down to California for star Wars land for, for galaxy's edge. Um, cause I haven't been there yet. Um, it it, like that, these are, these are things that I want to do more than anything else at the moment. But I also, want to make sure that I'm making smart choices and the right choices for my family. So it's mm-hmm. uh it's a matter yeah. of balancing that stuff. Right. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's kind of, it's going to be what it's going to be and it's going to take as long as it takes for us to, to come out the other side of this. And I think yeah. that we just have to, we just have to continue making smart decisions and listening to the experts. Um, and when I say experts, I mean people with actual degrees in things, um, yeah. not people who just have a lot of money, um, because they're the ones who who uh, who are going to understand what's best at the moment, you know. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So, I, go ahead. I, you know, it's it's 
like you, it's like we're sitting here in April, and it's hard to think like, man, all the way in August. But like you said, you really have to think about this stuff because, like you said, are we really going to want to congregate with, you know, mm-hmm. thousands and thousands of people just a few months from now? And and or get and get on think, airplanes and travel yeah, well, from all over say. the world. Like, some people, some people have idea. to do. You know, we have to start figuring out transportation and lodging, and you really can't do that now because a lot of places are either closed or you know they're not sure if they're going to be open. And you know, the airline right now is is crazy. So it's really tough to try to plan this right now. And I think I just wonder if they are waiting on um, San Diego Comic Con to kind of are they going to follow their lead? Like if San Diego Comic Con goes, hey. You know, let's do it. Maybe they will in August. Yeah. If San Diego says, you know what, let's cancel it because they're in July. Maybe, you know, maybe Celebration is going to kind of follow their lead. And I heard some things about San Diego. I only heard this about um, potentially some of the studios aren't even going to be there. Uh, so why, at that point, you know, you're just having it just to sell merchandise and stuff. So I don't know. It's I, I think San Diego will be a big one if if they close down. I think it's a given that that uh, celebration will so but hopefully like you said we find out more hopefully within the next few weeks right i mean people have got to start planning yeah and that's the thing is that is that you know like people have to start and not just uh, like the the um con goers but like more importantly the exhibitors need to to be oh, making yeah. plans and um i don't know man i just think that it's probably better safe than sorry if we can push it till october or November, I think that people will be a lot more confident then. But even saying, like, hey, let's let's do this in in like March of next year. Right. I think I think is probably the smartest thing to do. But Yeah. I don't know, man. Yep. That's where we're at. You know, yeah. that's what we gotta do. That's what we gotta do. You know, it's that's the way it is. And Wow, that's a lot, though, because, you know, it's some of the stuff that I think that we were going to get at this one. You know, we're obviously going to get a trailer for The Mandalorian and yep. hopefully some new news about new movies, potentially, or new TV series. And how do they do that now? If if this if they don't do a uh, celebration, how do you, you know, how do you do this? Are you just going to put a trailer out and just like, OK, here's a trailer. You know, maybe that's what they do and and save some stuff for potentially March, like you said, if they do it yeah. next year. I mean, I think I I think that some things that were supposed to be ready to to reveal in in August are now not going to be ready to reveal in August. Um, I think the Cassian Andor series is probably uh, not going into production anytime soon. I think that production start on Kenobi is probably going to get pushed a little bit again. Um. Right. I guess there was news with that. They did. They they hired a writer. New writer. For that. Yeah. But yeah. um, yeah. It's uh, I. Th- I think that there's some stuff. I I, I do think we will get animation news, um, before then. I. But I've said that before. I th- I think that whatever is coming next from Lucasfilm Animation, uh, we're gonna find out about in. Well, I guess now like five weeks, mm-hmm. um, like right when this closes. Yeah, yeah that the last yeah. episode of of Clone Wars. I I believe that the that when you go to log in and watch it on Disney Plus, it's gonna it's gonna end with a trailer for the next thing. Wow, that'd be sweet. Huh? Um, well, they they did it. They did a similar thing with with um, Mandalorian and Rise of Skywalker. Right? They showed us a clip. True from yeah. rise i uh, i uh, yeah. along with the episode of the mandalorian that aired the week before so um yeah i think that they'll that they'll use that platform to do something similar um and uh, and give us a give us a, a first look at whatever is coming next um because mm. something's got to be coming next i mean like i think we all are in agreement i don't i i don't <laughs> yeah. i don't know specifically what it's going to be yeah. Um, obviously the rumors have been that it's going to be that Ahsoka and Sabine rebel sequel, but, um, yeah, we'll, we just have to kind of wait and see with that. Um, Mandalorian season two, I think, I think will be fine. Um, but I do think like, like I said, Cassian and Obi-Wan are going to get pushed. I do think that any movie plans are kind of on hold at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, if anything, I think that Disney and Lucasfilm are probably looking at this as a bit of a blessing in disguise, um, because 
after Rise of Skywalker, it's very clear that they're that they're trying to figure out what to do next. Mm. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Yeah, like, I'm just gonna say this really quick. I think that everybody was really quick to blame the Last Jedi uh, uh, and its reception and everything for why um, they're pumping the brakes on movies. I that that decision was made. Uh, in the lead up to rise of Skywalker. And I honestly think that Bob Iger saw what was happening with rise of Skywalker. And he looked at it and went, cause Bob Iger, he, he, I, a lot of people want to complain about him, especially now that he's on his way out. But, um, I do think that he's, he's very, from a producer standpoint, he's very shrewd about storytelling and knowing what works and what doesn't. Um, because he has turned around two studios uh, well, one wasn't even a studio. One was an acquisition. But like, they he really like got them cranking with Marvel Studios and with Walt Disney Animation. Um, uh, under under his uh, uh, reign as as the CEO of Disney, they mm-hmm. have gone from uh, making things like Chicken Little and Meet the Robinsons to Tangled, Frozen, Moana, right? Wreck It Ralph, like all these huge, massive hits for them. Um, so I do think that he knows what works and what doesn't. And I think that he saw rise of Skywalker and whether you love or hate rise of Skywalker, um, or, or you're somewhere in between, I think that everybody can agree that, that the whole sequel trilogy would have been a lot stronger if there had been a unified creative vision behind all three movies. Oh, sure. Yeah. And I think that he saw that and went, okay, this like one-off auteur director thing, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. We need to back off. We need to find the right people and we need to, to give them the tools to be successful. And I think that at the same time, he and Kathleen Kennedy looked at what uh, Dave and John were doing with the Mandalorian and said, that's what we need. That element there, that dynamic there, that's what we need. We just need that for the movies. Mm-hmm. So like, like Lucasfilm has it on the publishing side. I think they've got it on, on the, um, like when publishing all, all across the spectrum, I mean, high Republic is going to be great. I, I, not every story is going to be for everybody, but I think that in general, it's going to be really well received. Um, and they've got it on the TV side and they just have to get that third pillar going. Um, And honestly, I think the fourth pillar in video games, I think they need to, they need to figure out what they're doing there. The uh, Fallen Order is, is actually the outlier in terms mm-hmm. of uh, yeah. Battlefront 2 is, was successful, I think, in the long run, but it wasn't without its problems. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, I, I think that, I think that this kind of pause on the, on the Hollywood industry uh, is a, is a positive thing mm-hmm. um, for Star Wars. Um, cause it's going to allow them to kind of get their ducks in a row before I think, before, uh, before getting oh, yeah. into production, but yeah, I think, um, Ahsoka is definitely going to be in the future and hopefully the, you know, the future soon because, the, you know, it's, she's been rumored and there's been more, I don't know if you saw the last couple of days have been more rumors about her potentially showing up or having her own series on Disney plus. So the rumors are just flying right now. And, and, Obviously, it's because of what she's in the, the Clone Wars right now, what we're seeing, and especially this episode where it puts some ties together. Like, oh, okay, you can kind of put some dots together. Like, now it's starting to make a little sense of where we might see her in the Mandalorian or how she's, you know, where she is. So that's the one where I think we might get something from her uh, character perspective. Like, this is what we're going to do, something with it. Whether it's animation or whatever. Um, yeah. I think she's definitely in the uh, in the cards because that's Dave Filoni's girl, and uh, everybody everybody she's one of the characters that's you know well I would say what at least a top five character at this point in Star Wars. Yeah, I think so. You know, yeah. So we'll yeah. see how, we'll see what goes. Other than that, though, I don't know, man. It's it's kind of nothing but uh, you know nothing but uh, the virus. So it's kind of nice to get away sometimes and, and talk some Star Wars. But anything else going on? No, I I think that's it. I'm I, I I just have this image open of Leia's lightsaber on from StarWars.com. They did a, a an article about the about the lightsabers from Rise of Skywalker, and mm. giving like these really great shots of the 
the the props from the the Lucasfilm archive, and uh, I just I. Uh, a, I think that Ray's double-bladed lightsaber is awful. I think it's a terrible design. It's so ugly. I hate it. Um, You're talking about Dark Ray or Dark Ray? Yeah, her double-bladed yeah, okay. one. Um, gotcha. That hinge in the middle—it's just like it just—it <laughs> looks like a cosplayer made that part of it. Like uh-huh. it doesn't look like it. It, it doesn't yeah. look like a part of the the Star Wars universe. Um, it just looks like a hinge. Um, doesn't quite make sense to me, but. Uh, I, I, but Leia's lightsaber is so perfect. Oh, it's nice. That is one of the best designs since, uh, the original trilogy. I think it, it just, it's unique, but it has so many elements of both Luke's and Obi-Wan's lightsabers. Um, it kind of brings everything together, but it's almost like the inverse of Vader's, like, uh, with the, with the, the mother of Pearl and the copper and, uh, Mm -hmm. and silver. Yeah. It's just such a great design. I think they really nailed it with that one. Um but then yeah, like I don't I personally don't really like Ray's lightsaber um from the end of the movie. So they that's not in this in this little roundup. But then the other thing is like they've got some shots of the of the Skywalker legacy saber that the that Ray repaired. Mm-hmm. And it made me realize that like with JJ and and Chris Terrio uh the story that they wrote, a, uh, I I read a tweet yesterday that was really funny. That was um, the main, uh, the 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 driving conflict in in all three movies, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, in the sequel trilogy, the first one is I, uh, I uh, we've got a I I I we need to find a map to that leads to a, an original trilogy character, right? <laughs> And then yeah. the second movie, the driving force is a is like a, a ticking clock, as uh, the uh, what's left of the resistance attempts to escape from impending doom as as the the greatest evil in the galaxy bears down on them, right? That's the that's the main pressure point in in the Last Jedi. And then what is it in Rise of Skywalker? Uh, we have to find a map that leads us to. That's right, an an original trilogy character, um, <laughs> yeah. and then and then like so I read that yesterday, and then I'm looking at this, and I see like I'm looking at Ray's lightsaber that's been fused back together, the Skywalker lightsaber, and I go like that's so similar to to Kylo Ren fixing his helmet, and the helmet just being exactly the same, mm-hmm. um, and and it just when I when I the the art book came out last week. And uh, and I took a, a little sort of uh, uh, skim through it. I haven't really dug into it yet, but there are so many great designs in it. There's a really great design for Finn that they didn't use, um, where he's got like this kind of big puffy yellow jacket that felt very like it felt very John Boyega um, and very unique and original. But it also was a callback to Luke's jacket from the end of a new hope. Right. Oh yeah. 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 Um, yeah. and I looked at that and I was like, man, this design is so good. Why didn't they use that? And like, mm. I get it. Like the, his, the outfit that he wears is a, is a, an homage to Han. So yeah. yeah, it's not like, like they just went a different direction with that one. But with Maz Kanata, she's wearing the same thing that she wore in the last two movies. In the other ones, it made sense because the last Jedi happens like the day after the force awakens. So sure. like she just hasn't changed her outfit yet, which we know in star Wars, that's what happens. You know, right? right. You wear an outfit for like a week, mm-hmm. but then, um, they designed a great new outfit for her for rise of Skywalker. And she's not in it. I don't understand yeah. why she's not wearing that. <laughs> and then like, I, uh, they designed stuff for Ray that was so unique and different from what she wore in the other two movies. Um, which like what she wears at the end of the force awakens versus what she wears during the movie. It's like, okay, she had, there's an evolution of the character there. And then, and then even w- when she kind of goes a little bit back to it at the end of the last Jedi, it's like, yeah, but it also like evolved into more of a Jedi look. And then with the outfit that she wears in rise of Skywalker, it's like all they did was take her outfit from the end of the force awakens and her outfit from the beginning of the force awakens and put it together and add yeah. a hood to it. Yeah, it's um, white. Yeah, 
and make it white when they could have done something completely original, something completely new, um, which I would have liked more. Um, and, and then the designs for Kylo Ren's helmet, it's like, I, like, I love the idea that he fuses it back together and the red cracks and whatever. And the, and the, the, uh, the metaphor of that, um, and, and when Ray says to him, it's like, you're, you're shattered just like your, your Mm. mask or whatever. Um, Mm. it's like, that stuff's great. I love that. They could have still like the, the, the helmet, like the top part of the helmet could have been fused back together but the face mask could have been a new design to show that like he had changed Mm. right he wasn't but but he didn't change everybody just went back to their characters from the force awakens right right? everybody kind of reverted i agree with that yeah backwards um uh, and sort of ignored a lot of the character development from the last jedi so like i just think that the the skywalker lightsaber being fused back together and a band-aid put over it and kylo ren's mask being like some of those pieces were just smashed to smithereens and you're telling me that like he basically like scooped them all up and put them in a pile Right, yeah. and he just held on yeah. to them for a while, and it's like that's a little bit weird. It, yeah, it looked pretty. It, it, it definitely looked more smashed than what that was put together. Exactly. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, like just stuff like that. It just kind of it just kind of ruffles my feathers. It's it's not. It doesn't ruin the movie for me by any stretch of the imagination, but it's just one of those things where it's like you you just get these little hints of where their heads were at. Whether I don't think that JJ and Chris we're making conscious decisions of like, Oh, we have to, we have to undo what, what Ryan did. I think that they were just going like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with this story. Mm. I don't know how to move to the next place from what Mm -hmm. Ryan Johnson left us with. (laughs) Um, yeah. And some people like, it depends on where you fall on the argument. Some people are going to say that's Ryan Johnson's fault because he wrote a story with a difficult ending. And it's like, I personally think that challenges you. And it's, that's one of the reasons why I love the last Jedi so much, but other people are going to look at it and go, go, well, they had to kind of hit undo on a bunch of stuff in order to finish the story, which Mm -hmm. I also understand that perspective. It all depends on what you thought was happening in this in the sequel trilogy but that's a conversation for a different podcast Uh once clone wars is done we're gonna so i'll just use this opportunity to say once the clone wars is finished once we're all done uh with season seven we're obviously going to take a break from rebel cells for a little bit and we're going to switch back over to faster more intense and the way that we're going to do that is that every week um Maybe even every other week. I don't know what the schedule is going to be yet. We'll see how things go. Um, but I, I, we'll basically have a topic. We'll have like a main topic, and we'll we'll right. give you guys, the listeners, an opportunity to actually um, help us figure out what those topics are going to be, and then Matt and I will just discuss. Mm-hmm. Um, Down for that. So bring in some guests, and they can yeah our, our normal uh, rogues gallery of, of guys to come in and talk about it and gals and gal yeah, yeah that'd be cool. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. cool. Yeah. With that, let's uh, let's jump into the recap. I was hoping for Kenobi. Why are you here? They call themselves the Bad Batch. Jedi, your nobility is a weakness. I don't have such weaknesses. War does not come with a guarantee. No soldier gets the promise of safety. Soon, the galaxy will be remade. Hello, Master. It's been a while. Now it's time for the Clone Wars recap. So, yes, sir! Okay, Dangerous Debt, uh, directed by Saul Ruiz and Bosco Ng and written by Dave Filoni and Charles Murray. I think it's really interesting that this season of Clone Wars has had two directors on every episode. Yeah, um, I wonder how that works. Yeah, I I would imagine that it might have something to do with the fact that, that the episodes were in production and then production yeah. 
halted and then they were picked back up. Yeah. And uh, the only reason that I say that is because it's consistent that every episode this season, I think if we went back, every episode has had two directors. Mm -hmm. Um, and and then Dave Filoni is, is a writer on almost every single episode. So I think that that just, that might be a matter of like union stuff of like, well, they worked on it. They, they did a lot of the original work. And although a lot has changed in these stories, you started from a place of this other director uh, did a lot of this already. So um, yeah. I think that might be part of it, but, uh, but that, I, I don't know. That's, that's something to dig into maybe. Yeah. Um, well, you saw like the bad batch, you had the animatic version. There was some changes when you got to the actual um, episodes that we saw and, and there was some small yeah. changes here and there, but maybe that, like you said, that had something to do with it with someone directing it back then or, or looking, supervising it back then. And then, the updated version that we got today. I don't know. Yeah. It's interesting how it's, I, I couldn't figure that out either. Two directors. How do you do that? I don't know. So yeah. anyway, um, but animation also often has two directors. So, mm, um, okay. yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, Ahsoka trace and Rafa find themselves in a Pike prison following their failure to deliver the gangsters spice. They debate who is to blame for their current situation. And when Ahsoka says, suggests that she might be a Jedi, Rafa scoffs and begins to tell a story. You go ahead and continue with this because we'll talk about it. Yeah, that's right, because this next paragraph kind of tails in with it here. Uh, Rafa recounts how a Jedi Jedi chase gone wrong resulted in the deaths of their parents, and the Force wielders offered her and Trace little comfort. In the end, the sisters had to survive on their own with no help from anyone. The tale shocks and troubles Ahsoka, but she has little time to ponder as guards come and take Rafa away. So this is one of the... This is the scene, Mike, that I think really hit home for me, uh, my favorite scene in this one. You know, last week we kind of left on a cliffhanger. Ahsoka Trace Rafa caught by the pikes. Uh, right here they're attempting to leave. And we knew that, you know, it was the spice. It was all about the spice. They didn't drop off the spice. There you go. Um, so they're captured on Obadiah. And the three argue about who's at fault when we learn what happened to their parents. And a really fascinating story, and I believe – Mike, correct me if I'm wrong, that this kind of goes along with hostage crisis. Um, yeah. Is that what you got out of this? Yeah, I did some digging, and it seems like roughly the same kind of area with her parents. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, yeah. I have a question. She Rafa references a green-skinned Jedi. Who do you think that she's talking about in that? It's Cad Bane to me. You no, no, she, she said, said like the the with with red eyes. The, oh, red eyes, red eyes. I think it's Cad Bane, right? Yeah, I'm trying. I I need to go back and rewatch uh, Hostage Crisis, I guess, and and figure out who is who were the Jedi involved with that. But it wasn't because like, man, I'm trying to she remember. She said red eyes. She said red eyes. I'm going with Cad Bane, and all, she also talked about um, this Jedi who is you know beautiful with green. It's got to be Luminara and Dooley, is, is my thought. That was that was my feeling as well that it must have been luminara um yeah but but yeah i'm i'm i wonder if anybody can confirm that you know what i mean i've got starwars.com open there's probably there's there's probably a mm-hmm. an article about this uh or like a, a note about this in the um the what's it called yeah the the trivia or whatever so um definitely I'll, I'll i really think it's i really think it's cad Bane. she talks about the red eye and, and if you talk about the time frame with Hodge's crisis, he was definitely involved in that. So I think that's pretty pretty legit. But we find out, Mike, that um, this cargo transport uh, was out of control. The Jedi were chasing it. They're chasing zero, as a matter of fact. You know, So that mm-hmm. definitely lines up with Hodge's crisis. And they steered into a wall. And I think the whole point of this was, now, Mike, we understand why these two, Rafa and Trace, um, don't really feel that connected to the Jedi, because here is potentially Luminara Unduli. She says, hey, you know, my parents were just killed, and the Jedi just treated it like, oh, whatever, you know, hey, the Force will be with you. Take, you know, see ya, we got to go, you know, we got stuff to deal with. So that really was, yeah. right? I mean, is that kind of what you got from that? Just, man, they just, you know, there's no pain. she got no parents now. She's got no, they have no home. And the Jedi were like, oh, the Force will be with you, and they take off. Like, oh, that's, that's kind of rough, you know? Yeah. I can understand why they have a, a problem with the Jedi and, and with the upper half of Coruscant, you know, so. Yeah, and I think, uh, so actually the episode that it references is Hunt for Zero, which I'm trying okay. to track down. 
And Hunt for Zero does not happen in Season 2, it looks like. Does Hunt for Zero happen in Season 3? Man, it it took us that long to get back to that (laughs) storyline? I guess so. Um, Yeah, it does. Wow, okay. Uh, Hunt for Zero. Uh, I'm just trying to figure out what Jedi, who was involved in this episode... Um, yeah, I said they talked about green skin, um, female, you know, and I just, I had the only one I could really think of was Luminara. It's like, it's gotta be Luminara. She was around yeah. at that time frame. I mean, the episode Hunt for Zero involves, um, uh, Obi Wan and, um, Quinlan Voss, but that, that can't be right. I don't think that's not right. I think that the, the Star Wars.com episode guide is wrong. It is definitely. <laughs> it's hostage. Right? Man. Oh, this is dri- this is going to drive me nuts until I figure it out. Yeah, I think, um, I think that's it. Is it in hostage crisis? Maybe it does I, happen in hostage crisis. I think so, because I, I kind of did some digging. And it, I mean, it just seems like that's seems like, you know, they're breaking zero out of. Uh, what they breaking him out of the prison and then they don't obviously don't show I don't remember if they showed anybody crashing but I'm assuming it just happened after they you know busted him out I feel I feel like the end of hostage crisis is is just them getting away yes right 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 um because that's the like because hostage crisis is a it's not a bummer but it's just a it's a season finale cliffhanger sort of thing because zero who was uh arrested at the end of the clone wars movie uh ends up getting released because cad bane and these other and when, this is when we're introduced to cad bane um uh takes the the a bunch of senators hostage mm-hmm. and anakin is in the the um the 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 senate mm-hmm. at the time and manages to to rescue everybody but wow this is man i need to dig into yeah. this got to dig into this a little bit more cuz it, it is it's, it's kind of how i remember it is is hostage crisis you're right and it ends with you know obviously cad bane he he gets zero out of prison and they escape successfully and zero congratulates bane on a job well done but bane states that hey it's time to pay and then that's kind of how it ends. So maybe after that point, the Jedi come back involved. You know what I mean? Like obviously something yeah. that we never saw. But I think that's the time frame. Is that what we're looking at? I think that's what we're, they're trying to say. You know what? I bet you anything. I will bet you anything that the episode begins with the chase. Um, in the in the like the pre roll. In like the, in, oh yeah, in like the yeah. like because because if the last time that we saw them because I'm I'm almost positive that the last thing that we see in Hostage Crisis is them escaping and uh, and and Cad Bane and Zero talking, um, so I would bet I would bet that that there's like a little video like not a little video but like the little clip uh, at the beginning of, of of something that happens as they're escaping. Um, and that's why it's such a like, oh yeah, that happened, um, mm-hmm. but we don't really think of it because, uh, because maybe it was just in one of the little recap things, so it never. Because sometimes those those uh, little recaps actually have footage from right that are right. that that are, that's new for that episode, right? It's not always here's a bunch of stuff that you've already seen. Um, in fact, a lot of the time it's it's hey, here's here's a bunch of stuff to set this episode up just a bunch of little vignettes so that might <laughs> yeah. be the case anyways yeah. um maybe i'll do some detective work over the next week and maybe watch these episodes and try and figure this out um yeah uh, here i guess we're only on the third paragraph yeah it's go gonna be a long episode guys uh they bring rafa to a dark room where a torture droid awaits she offers excuses but the mechanical menace does not seem to listen Shortly thereafter, the Pikes return an unconscious Rafa to the cell and take Trace. 
So, so obviously she's getting tortured. I at first I was like, well, what? What are they torturing for? I guess they're just obviously just trying to find out what because they don't know at this point where the spice is. They didn't realize that you know they had dumped it, so they're yeah. keeping that kind of. So it kind of made sense after I kind of thought about it for a second. Uh, as the torture droid prepares to work on Trace, she suddenly passes out from fear, or so it would seem. The clever mechanic catches her captors off guard, grabs a blaster. And makes a quick escape. Oh, can you still hear me? Yeah. Okay, sorry. Uh, uh, meanwhile, Ahsoka uses the Force to unlock her cell, and she and Rafa start looking for Trace. So, clever little, uh, clever little Trace there. I might be able to kind of, kind of fake the old thing and kick yeah. some butt. What do you think? Yeah, I was, uh, I was genuinely surprised in this moment. <laughs> I was definitely like, yeah. oh. Cool, good for her. Especially because in the last two episodes, a lot of the trouble that they've gotten into is because of things that Trace did. Um, mm-hmm. uh, kind of Trace tends to look before she leaps. Uh, or sorry, she doesn't look before she leaps. Uh, she just mm-hmm. kind of goes goes straight for it. So, um, yeah, having her actually pull this off, I thought was was a pretty funny moment. But uh, yeah, it was definitely. Good. Yeah, and another thing too is uh, Trace. Just before this, she's talking to Ahsoka, and um, she kind of echoes kind of Rafa's kind of sentiment about their mother. Like Trace just wants to. She was she's was like her mother. She just wanted to help people, and now they're in a different spot. Now they have to kind of fend for themselves and mm-hmm. kind of live somewhat a different lifestyle. So it's kind of kind of weighing on Trace just a little bit. But anyway, um, go ahead. Is it your turn? You yeah. You want to go? Uh, yeah. Finally, Trace finally, literally yeah. runs okay. into her sister. The three now reunited. They head for the exit with the pikes in pursuit. Once outside, they exchange fire with the gangsters, and Trace ends things with a bang. Um, she actually manages to to unlock one of the cells and let a couple other guys out too. But um, yeah, using the force. Uh, no, no, no. I, I Trace does when oh when Trace, she my gets bad, my grabbed bad. Yeah, by yeah. the by the goons. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I've seen some characters that we've seen before. I think it was an Ithorian, and uh, mm-hmm. I can't remember what the other one was. You know, there's a mention, too, about a lot of these background characters. If you look carefully, you would see some homages to, like, um, Blue Snaggletooth in his original Kenner yeah. outfit. Yeah, you know, they're kind of spread out. You have to really look for them, but they're out there if you kind of look closely. Uh, but they're not clear yet. The group comes upon a bridge that suddenly begins to retract. Rafa makes it to the other side and does trace thanks to a force assist from Ahsoka. The former Padawan makes the biggest leap of all, leaving her friends confused as to how she did it. Uh, this is a great line here. I'm more athletic than I look. She said, that, that was funny. That's something I wrote yeah. down. I didn't realize it was in this, but that was a great line. And seeing her again, Mike, she's using the force these last few episodes, still kind of doing it under, kind of, you know, kind of on the down low, nobody's seeing it. So she's really taking advantage of that. And that jump and the way um, she turns around, they're looking for her. Uh, someone pointed this out to me, but it, it kind of rings true. It kind of reminds you of um, uh, Indiana Jones and the uh, – she's uh, with the last one. I'm drawing a blank on the – The Last um, Crusade or Crystal Last Skull? Crusade. <laughs> last <laughs> Crusade where they think Indy had fallen off with a tank and he's kind of actually behind him and they're all looking over and then he kind of just – Oh, yeah, there's the hat. He yeah. a little, little bit of homage to that, so that, I thought that was kind of cool. But, man, Mike, what do you think? She's using the Force again, um, and, again, still using it without anybody noticing it. I'm, wait, I'm, I'm waiting for one of them to catch her, you know, and this for this conversation to happen. It hasn't happened yet. I don't know if we're going to see it. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there? <laughs> uh, where are we at here? The trio? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, like, the, 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 this arc has to end with Trace and Rafa figuring this out, right? But, I don't know. Yeah, We'll see. Uh, the trio moves through the Pike Complex and finally near the exit. They split up and Ahsoka opens the gate while Trace and Rafa take down the guards. So this is another, like, they split up so then Ahsoka can, can use the force without them noticing. Definitely, yeah. Uh, Trace spots her ship and happily runs ahead of Ahsoka and Rafa, who they, again have a heated exchange, this time about whether Rafa should be involving her little sister in these jobs. They're stopped, however, by a beggar looking for credits. 
Rafa dismisses him quickly, and uh, they walk on. And this is one of those where they're definitely showing this beggar, and you're like, okay. And he kind of watches him walk away, and you're like, all right, this this is not going to end right here. Obviously, this guy's going to be somewhere in this episode. He's going to do something, and sure enough, he does uh, pretty soon here. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, oh, here it is. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, where are we? The beggar? beggar? Yeah, the beggar yeah. soon leads the pikes straight to Ahsoka, Trace, and Rafa, and the gangsters open fire. The three jump onto a moving speeder, but a blast from the pikes sends Trace and Rafa hurtling into the air and crashing onto the ground. Ahsoka, meanwhile, continues to flee. Mm-hmm. Uh, from a rooftop, three Mandalorians watch the events below, and one seems to recognize Ahsoka. Let's keep track of her, she says. She could be of use to us. And here you go, Mike. This is the big the big reveal of this episode um, was seeing uh, Bo-Katan come up. And I'm going to say that was um, not only Bo-Katan, mm-hmm. but uh, we're going to say that is um, Sabine or Ursa Wren. Is that yeah. what we're saying? Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, it, she's she's credited in the episode. So that it's oh, definitely Ursa Wren. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Good. Yeah, hundred uh, uh, pre- percent. Pretty great moment, um, uh, and uh, we're setting up uh, for for all of you people out there who were saying things along the lines of "What's the point of this arc?" Um, mm-hmm. Here you go. This is the point of this arc, and we're gonna this week we'll wrap it up for sure, and uh, and give us the uh, the 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 lead in to, to how Ahsoka gets involved in the siege of Mandalore. Um, so yeah. And, uh, if you've seen the clip for the next episode, you know that there's even more to that. Um, so yeah, yeah I mean, I, I loved it. I love seeing, uh, seeing Ursa's helmet in the clone Wars style. It's obviously the same shape, but, uh, I, just a little bit, just a little bit uh, uh, different in that sort of uh, uh, painted um, style that we get in the Clone Wars. That that's just it's just a shade different from from Star Wars Rebels. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, yeah, such an awesome. This arc is so great because uh, because it's got all of these great female characters in it, and I love that it's Bo Katan and two female Mandalorians with mm-hmm. her. Um, yeah. that are that are I think gonna end up coming in and saving the day and helping Ahsoka deal with the pikes. Um, yeah, definitely. This is definitely setting up this the the last the, the siege of Mandalore, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and they she talks about um, the last time she saw her was on Carlac, uh, which is I'm trying to I don't even remember what episode if, or if that was actually was that even in one of the episodes? Or oh, just, goodness. Just... Yeah, I think I think that reference is all the way back to what is that season? How many heads does she chop off Four. Oh, yeah, that's right. Right. Because yeah. that's how we tracked the yeah. seasons for a little bit. There is that like in yeah. season four, Ahsoka does that move in in the episode that we're talking about where um, the Mandalorians have her tied down with the with the 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 whip cords mm-hmm. and i uh, i she just kind of twists and then twists back and does a jump spin and turns on her lightsabers and takes off all four of their heads oh, in yeah. one move and that was the so, moment where you and i were like you know what the uh, ahsoka isn't uh, uh just a, a, a an obnoxious padawan anymore mm-hmm. um she's uh <laughs> that was sort of the moment that she graduated to something else yeah but, uh, i'm trying to track wow. down that episode title right now um, yeah Bo-Katan though is really cool and and like I said the Mandos seeing them is now at this point is she she's not Death Watch is she um yes but not not Pre Vizsla is dead so right. she is I believe the 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 head of at this point, she'd be the head, of, right? Of uh, House Vizsla. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I the, that's I I believe so. Yeah, I think so. It gets it gets confusing with you know you got rebels involved with with a lot of this storyline too. And you, man, sometimes I'm just like I got to rack my brain of like okay, yeah. wow, um, a, a friend in need is the episode that we're talking okay. about. Yeah, um, awesome. Yeah, and I'm just trying to figure out if it does happen on that planet. Um, that we just referenced, but, mm-hmm. uh, 
Yeah, uh, here. Is it my turn? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, the pikes surround Trace and Rafa, ready to execute the sisters. Ahsoka doubles back, driving a speeder right through the gangsters and rescuing the sisters, but they're soon cut off and captured again. Mm-hmm. Uh, finish it out. The pikes place the three in a cell once more, and Rafa, guilt-ridden, apologizes for taking the job. We live and learn, Rafa, Ahsoka says. Yeah, adds Trace, but for how much longer? So Rafa's finally starting to figure out that you know some, some of the decisions she's made um, haven't been the best. Um, but I think, do you think, it, it, it seems pretty obvious now that, that, um, uh, the Mandalorians and Bo-Katan, they're going to come and, if not bust them out, aid in helping Ahsoka. And then this is where we're going to get Ahsoka, um, branching off with them potentially to go do the Siege of Mandalore. Yeah. Is that kind of where you're thinking? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it is, Karlak is the planet that they go to where she, uh, uh, with Lux Bunteri and uh, mm-hmm. and and fight. I remember Lux, Death yeah. Watch, uh, for a minute there, and she she clashes with the with the the dark saber. Mm-hmm. She fights Pre Vizsla. Yeah, man, maybe she is going to be in the Mandalorian season two. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know, right? Fingers crossed. Whew. Yeah, I. Uh, awesome. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I think this is the episode where this this story really kind of heated up, and I think the the final one in the arc is going to be really good. But uh, before we talk about next week's episode, let's just jump into the email. Uh, sorry, the mailbag, and see what you guys had to say. Uh, over on Facebook, Stephen Yip uh, says it was a great episode to have Ahsoka see that not everything is dark versus light. It's the path that will lead her to being a stronger gray Jedi gray in quotation marks i can't wait to see how they wrap this one up i don't like the term gray jedi but uh yeah we we know that um and also ahsoka is not a jedi anymore she left the Mm -hmm. order she's not a jedi so she's she's something else and i don't know that we have a term for it and maybe we'll get one in the future but um but but uh yeah i gray jedi it I think, I think with now with the sequel trilogy complete and as much of this other stuff, uh, Star Wars Rebels and uh, and Clone Wars as we have, um, we can we can take the term Gray Jedi and retire it, um, and hopefully one day we'll have another term for it. But uh, she's a she's a, a a former Jedi, not a Gray Jedi. She she's not part of the order. And that's the whole the whole point. There's no such thing as a gray Jedi, and there can't be, because the whole point of the Jedi is that they follow the Jedi code, and the Jedi code is what makes them Jedi, but it's also what led to their downfall. So, to then right. go like, oh, you have light side Jedi and then dark Jedi, and it's like, no, you don't have dark Jedi. You have fallen Jedi, um, who are they're not Jedi anymore. They fell from the Jedi Order. And then you have a former Jedi like Ahsoka who left the Order. Um and I would say that like there there are others as well and Dooku would have been considered that same thing except Dooku does end up falling and becoming a Sith. Right. Um, which is another yeah. distinction entirely. The Sith are a totally different thing. But like I would say that that Ahsoka and Asajj kind of occupy the same space of they're both former Jedi. And I know Ahsoka, uh, sorry, Asajj ends up going down the dark path for a while and she's never a Sith. She's only ever a, 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 a disciple of, of Dooku, but even does he call her apprentice? I guess he calls her apprentice. Yeah. Right? Right. So I guess she was a Sith apprentice at one point, but she was never a Sith Lord. Um, mm-hmm. And then, but then when she comes back from that, she doesn't come back, and she's not a Jedi. She's not a gray Jedi. She's something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't know. Maybe one day we'll have a term for what that is. But but I to say gray Jedi, I think is that term gray Jedi. It has so much of that EU connotation with with um, with uh, uh, Jason Solo and. Mm-hmm. What does he become? Darth Cadus or something like that right. with all that nonsense, just terrible storytelling. Um, yeah. In my opinion, personally, but, um, and I, I also, I just don't like the idea that there's, that there's some, some, uh, centrist middle ground 
uh, that is better than the light or the dark. It's like, no, no, the light side is correct. Ahsoka Mm -hmm. is still on the light side. She's not gray. She's not neutral. She's Mm -hmm. still an agent of the light side. She's just not a Jedi. Um, So I guess that's probably where where it's rubbing me the wrong way, but... Yeah, I th- he does put it in quotes like yeah. I didn't, maybe they, he didn't he couldn't think of another way to describe her because you're right, um, it's like you're either Jedi or you're not. And I think the thing it kind of I don't know that we've seen a character like this at this point with Ahsoka where she's at. Maybe Luke in the in the sequel trilogy, but where even even Ahsoka right now she's defending. It. You've seen her in this in these first couple episodes. Um, defend like not necessarily defend the jedi but somewhat in a way defend yeah. you know when 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 the, the girls are talking about oh they didn't well ahsoka in a, in a way kind of defends the jedi and she still uses the jedi powers of you know telekinesis and and jumping and the force use so it is it's a it's kind of a, a strange area as far as canon goes of where ahsoka is right now and and what do you call her you know and i think it's obviously she's not a judge because she left the order, but she's not dark and she's not, like you said, she's not gray. Um, but I think people are just like struggling to figure out what do you call someone like that? And she's just yeah. like you said, um, I don't know. It's, it's like I said, maybe Luke in the, in the sequel trilogy kind of goes, he kind of obviously goes way off the, off the reservation as far as he's just done with everything. Um, he doesn't even use the power necessarily until towards the end with, with Ray. But, uh, yeah. Uh, good stuff though, man. Thanks Steven for the email. But yeah, uh, what else we got? Another uh, one too. Yeah. We just got a quick little one from, uh, from, uh, Martin Aylman, uh, uh, over on Twitter at Dharmit studios, uh, L O V E loved it. Uh, so that he, he obviously enjoyed the episode. Uh, oh, and uh, and that's it. That's all. That's all for this week. Um, <clears throat> next week's episode together again. Believing they are better without her, Ahsoka makes a deal to free uh, the Martez sisters and soon attempts her own escape. But she is left reeling from the discovery of the true mastermind behind the Pike Spice operation in Together Again, an all new episode of Star Wars: The Clone Wars this Friday, April tenth on Disney Plus. So look forward to that. Um, go check out the clip uh, that uh, is definitely oh, wow. alluding to somebody being on Mandalore. And uh oh, and, and you uh, know what's funny? What's coming? I haven't next. seen any of these. I haven't seen any clips yet. So just from this uh, breakdown of yeah. next week, I'm like, my mind is turning. Like, wow, could we be going where I think we're going? This is this would be pretty crazy. So yeah, I I've been pretty. It's interesting with this series. Like I've been taking it. Um, like a week at a time, like the Mandalorian, where I, I really haven't watched any of the previews. I kind of, you know, I kind of let it go and just watch the episode when it comes out and kind of be surprised. So some of the stuff I referenced, I'm sure you guys knew well in advance, but I'm kind of taking it uh, just one at a time and not really getting spoiled. So it's kind of, it's been fun that way. But yeah, wow, this, this should end up, uh, this sounds like it's going to end up pretty good and it's going to lead us right into our last last arc with the uh siege of mandalore so great stuff coming up man looking forward to it yep uh but that's it for this week's episode yep. uh thank you guys for listening uh, as always you can stay up to date with all the latest star wars animation news by heading to rebelcells.com uh and of course uh you can follow us on facebook uh at rebel cells podcast on on twitter and instagram at rebel cells you can follow me on twitter and instagram i'm at arc wolf a-r-k-w-u-l-f and you can follow matt at the crankster that's crankster with a k uh you guys know we're a part of the thunderquack podcast network head to thunderquack.com to check out more great podcasts in the network and if you like what you hear you can support us in two ways first by going to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merchandise sorry three ways three yeah the third (laughs) Uh, yeah. The other is by going to your podcast service of choice and leaving a rating and a review so that other people can find the podcast and enjoy. Um, and of course, don't forget to subscribe yourself so you don't miss an episode. And uh, last but not least is heading to patreon.com slash thunderquack where you can kick in with your monthly pledge of support uh, and get some cool extras in the process. Uh, that is it for this week. Uh, thank you guys very much for listening. Thanks for hanging with us through all of this. And we're glad that we can give you something to distract you a little bit, even though a lot of the, the front end of this was talking about the COVID-19 stuff but um, and how it relates to, to celebration. But 
I, yeah. but hopefully the rest of it distracted you a little bit from, from the rest of the world. And, uh, uh, we will catch you guys next week for the final episode of this Ahsoka Tano arc together again. <laughs>